Audio only is on. Do you have the laptop? Turn the laptop on. Fix the shirt. Please. Please. It's it's integral, probably. Maybe. Not really. Video is recording in case of emergency. The trash pile is in view until a cat knocks it off. That's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I. No, not the young Ryan Reynolds. As you clearly see, I am much prettier than him. That's not true. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original angry nerd girl herself, Elle Lestrange. Elle, happy July, I guess. There's nothing else of, of significance happening. We can't really celebrate like some kind of Independence Day when half the country is being subjugated. At any rate, we have a big show in store for you today, this week. Today, this week, sure. Uh, we have lots of news to cover. Uh, if you've never joined us before, welcome. Elle and I are Team Read Pile. We review comic books. We try and stay positive as much as possible. I have a giant bruise on my face. Yes, you are seeing that correctly. Uh, and the uh, Twitterverse uh, only allows you to go live on a mobile device. So uh, that's why uh, the video has been so choppy lately. I tried going live from the computer, and it wouldn't let me. And uh, now I don't care who's joining us. Jordan is joining us. Hello, Jordan. We have a lot to talk about on today's show. We have tons of news. We're not going to uh, jump around. We're just going to get right to it. Elle is strange. Some of the big comic book news this week. One of the biggest no newsworthy notes is that a book that we decried as fantastic on its first issue has been optioned by Amazon Prime to potentially become the next big thing, and that is Eight Bajillion Genies. I think it's just billion. Oh. <laughs> eight billion genies. Is it Bubillion? You know what? Sure. Okay. Eight Bubillion Genies has been optioned. Charles Soule made the announcement on okay. Twitter. Uh, we are uh, big fans of Charles Soule. He, of course, is uh, of the Charles Soule, uh, Scott Snyder, James Tinney, and the fourth group. Um, but we've read lots and lots and lots of Charles Soule stuff. You just got into 8 Billion Genies. You read issue one. Yeah, and this week is issue two. Ish. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about that when you okay. get to interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How excited are you for an 8 Billion uh, uh, Genies TV show? I mean, I've only read so much. I've only read two issues. Because there's only two in existence. There's only two issues. It's, I can say that it's good, and yes. I can probably get into it more when I actually do your review. Yeah, but I mean, it is, 
it just seems pretty quick. <laughs> it, was, it had to have already been yeah. an option. Well, remember it was when already going to come out. When we both read it, I sort of yeah, I sort of very obvious it, timeline doesn't. <laughs> nothing about this matches up. But I remember, I remember both of us sort of reading the first issue and going, "There's a lot more here. Like, there's something mm -hmm. else." So that's great news. Love hearing about uh, creators getting their shows picked, our books picked up and turned into shows. Sheds a big light on those. Turns our comics from two dollar comics to ten billion dollar comic books. So that's cool. Eh, it's, yeah, not, it's not yeah. like we ever saw it. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> but not anywhere near the biggest news of the week. Very good news, and obviously big news for Charles Soule. But we have so much else to get to, uh, including a quick side note. Our friends, uh, Jimmy and Amanda, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, mm -hmm. uh, announced that there's going to be a whole new pro story coming out in an image uh, one-shot very shortly. So we're going to add to the pro's canon. I hope this leads to a whole new pro uh, trade. I would love to get more stories of the pro, because the pro has been trapped in developmental hell for 10 years, where it was going to be a show, it wasn't going to be a show, it was going to be a movie, it's not going to be a movie. I, I, as much as I want more of the pro uh, in terms of just story, I would really like for someone to just shoot the moon on this and actually make it into a proper TV show. If the boys can be one of the biggest shows in the world, there's no reason why the pro can't at least get a movie. It's true. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know at this point. It makes no sense. Like I, I thought maybe like. Oh, it's too raunchy. Yeah. You know. But, but after but, Hero Gasm. Yeah. I, or at least a movie or an animated movie. Animated movie would be great. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the animated short that was made, like the sizzle reel that was going to be the pro. It looks cool. Yeah. I want yeah. more pro. Yes. It's a great story. It's hilarious. I'm glad we're getting something. Yes. Anything. Yeah. I will take anything. Yeah. Yes. Very happy. Lots more news, and this uh, cycles into our newest uh, member of Team Repile over here on Elle's shoulder, sitting uh, just off camera, is the Trash Pile. The Trash Pile, which uh, will sit there for the entirety of the year, and then we will eventually review the Trash Pile. But adding to the Trash Pile this year is an announcement from Warner Brothers Discovery Plus that The Flash and Aquaman 2, so the Flash movie and Aquaman 2, will not be at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And, oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Really? Just, no. No, 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 no. If you weren't here a couple of weeks ago when we officially inducted the Trash Pile, we had our first member of the Trash Pile, that being Ezra Miller, thrown into the Trash Pile, and then subsequently Amber Heard tossed in on top. Um, what do you do? As an executive, like two of their big movies, the, like, the, you have to put the flash. Like, what else do you have to you, talk about? You have to put the flash movie and, out. And if you don't have anything to talk about, what's probably going to happen? I, you, Marvel's just going to crush it again, as we knew mm -hmm. they were going. Marvel doesn't even go to San Diego Comic Con anymore. They have their own event, so like all you had to do was release anything. But because you're a major star of the film that's going to reboot your entire cinematic universe. And features Michael Keaton in Batman as Batman for the first time in thirty years. It also makes you think. Okay, so if they don't have anything for one of the biggest cons right now, yeah, they they don't have any like They're not material. Gonna do so no, you don't think DC fandoms? Oh no 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 no! There will be no DC fandom. 
There may be DC fandom for like comic book, uh, uh, you know, comic book nerds like us, and of course you've got the Harley Quinn animated series, which is yeah. tremendous, uh, and that's about to re-debut as well, and that's great. But I don't know what you do. like. Aquaman two has Amber Heard, which is problematic, but they can digitally remove Amber Heard if they so choose. Yeah, uh, she is not going to be a large portion of that movie, but you cannot digitally remove the primary character from a movie that is, I think, 80 or 90% in the can already. And that is The Flash, which is going to be the Flashpoint movie, which is going to reboot the entire DCEU. And unfortunately, your primary star, Ezra Miller, is in the trash pile. They are not someone that you can really use to promote. Like, I was thinking the only way they could promote this movie is to get Michael Keaton and dust him off and be like, all right, we need you to go on Conan. Well, Conan's gone. We need you to go on Late Night. We need you to go to all the TV shows. We need you to promote this movie because what do you do, Elder Strange? What do you, how do you do this? My suggestion, and we'll get to yours, my suggestion is just release the movie, no fandom, just put it in theaters, okay, go see the Flash movie. It's going to reboot the universe. At least then you can get Aquaman up and running. What do you think? I don't know. I think whatever they choose to do is fine. Because people are going to go see it anyway. Sure. A lot of people don't care. No. So it's really just up to its business at this point. Like, are you going to just put it out there and, you know, have people think that, you know, they're just more concerned about making money? (laughs) Well... But at the same time, you put they put a they, lot in there. And what yeah. about everybody else? That everybody else. Exactly. Everybody. Everybody else. else. It was one person ruined the entire movie. Entire all movie. that hard work that everybody put into it. That's what that yeah. would weighs heavy. It sucks. Like even in the best of times, where a movie just isn't very good, there's still hundreds of people like who were in production, who were writers. They put their heart and soul into this, and maybe it didn't work. In this situation, the Flash movie could very well be good, but it's going to be tainted horribly because of one particular individual. So what if, what if maybe, you know, unfortunately, yeah, it's going to include him, but he doesn't yeah. have to, you know, they don't have to get any royalties from it. Probably something in their contract would force them to, but then the other side of the coin on that is that means that Warner Brothers Discovery Plus has to finally come out and admit that they are cutting ties with them and that they are removing them from their contract or something. I don't know how any of that works. I don't pretend to know how any of that works. I just know that that is a mess upon a mess upon a mess. And announcing that you've got nothing to promote at Comic-Con... I mean, Tom Taylor promoted this on on Twitter, that Tom Taylor is going to San Diego Comic-Con for the first time since 2019. Obviously, it's the first time since the pandemic that we're having a San Diego Comic-Con that people can attend and feel safe and secure at. And Warner Brothers is sitting there going, well, we're not going to be promoting these two movies that everyone is talking about. Because they can't. They're probably going to have to circle the entire thing around The Rock's Black Adam movie, which is probably pretty good, but that's all they got. Yeah. I think they're just not ready to answer the questions that everybody has about if it's going to come out or not, yeah. what they're doing with the characters in these movies and and how they want to promote things now. They, they don't if they don't have all the answers right now, if they can't or they're not ready to present something, they they just can't. Yeah. They're not they're not ready. So It sucks for the Aquaman 2 movie more than anything too cuz 
Aquaman should be an easy slam dunk for them, even with or without Amber Heard. Like, no one's really going to care that much, except for the people who already know. But, again, your primary star being this problematic. Oof, baby. Now, we did mention the Harley Quinn animated series. Yes. Elvis, oh, hang on. Uh, does Flash get... I can't read it. Oh, does Flash get major reshoots? I don't know. Because major reshoots of the Flash aren't just major reshoots. You're basically just talking about trashing the entire movie and reshooting it. Because you can't major reshoot around the primary star. Unless maybe you put somebody in, like, a suit, uh, like, a, like a CGI suit, and you CGI them over that person the entire movie. But if you're spending that much money, I would say at that point just trash the whole thing and start over. I don't make movies, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think it gets major reshoots. I think they have to go with what they have. I think the plan, honestly, in my opinion, which means nothing, but you asked, so I'm happy to, to say, I think the plan is to just go uh, a couple of months, hopefully Ezra Miller stays out of the newspapers for two or three weeks, and you just launch it without any major promotion or build-up, and you just go with what you got. I think that's the plan. But... Heart of the Queen, the animated series. Ella Strange, one of your favorite things in the world. You read the miniseries that led into it. You have feelings about what they announced. Please tell us. Okay, so the third season is going to be on the 28th. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Very exciting. Uh, I read the miniseries, I think, well, what was it, six issues? Six issue miniseries, uh, yep. Yep. Uh, that we got to... Um, entertain ourselves with yes uh it was really good and honestly i was ready to accept that as season three like that was our our physical copy of <laughs> season three the dvd was and in then it. because it was like two years i, I think yeah. right yeah. it didn't feel like two years because there was we, a pandemic we, we were kind of late to the party so we i don't think necessarily waited as long <laughs> because we didn't we weren't already we didn't know start watching when it first came out so um but uh, speaking of the comic, you can actually get it for free now. Yeah, you get the comic. Yeah. yeah. So it's available for anybody that does want to. How do you feel read about that? You, you bought it. You read it. I think it's pretty cool that okay. they are um, offering that. It's going to be obviously a digital copy, so it's not like you have a physical copy. And Fair. to me, if you've ever heard me talk about our collection, whatever, and. I like to, in how I read, I prefer to have a physical copy versus reading digital. Right. Yeah, I just like having it. To me, it's like having a piece of art. Yes. Yeah. Well, we've we've compared it to art many times, so yeah. yeah. And it's not, it is art, so. I I like to have those copies for my collection. Uh, So I was more than happy to spend money, you know, to to do that. But there, I think offering it, free for those that maybe didn't know have the ability to go to the shop or, or didn't know it existed. Didn't know yeah. it existed and hey, you know, it's a little surprise, you know, because season three is coming up. Uh, so I think that's really cool. I think there's going to be a lot of people that probably read it and then will go out and buy it. Yeah. I think that's going to happen because uh, they're going to read it and they're going to be like, okay, well now I have to have this part of my collection. <laughs> you would hope. Um, I love the Harley Quinn TV series. It is the best fan um, fiction I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the fact that it became a comic book after it was an animated series uh, reminds me a lot of, of course, how Harley Quinn came into her life to begin with. Mm-hmm. She started as a character on Batman the Animated Series and then had her 
debut in a comic. Um, I really love that it pushed the Harley Ivy love story to the point that it's now generally accepted across the board that these two are just always in love with each other. And the TV show had a lot to do with that, say what you will. Um, I cannot wait for season three. This, every episode of this show is such a big, fat, wet kiss on the mouth if you've read the comics. And it's not even the comics, too, because by incorporating Diedrich Bader as Batman in this universe, it's also a giant, big, wet kiss on the mouth to anyone who watched Batman Brave and the Bold, which is another one of those TV shows that if you don't watch it, you don't know how bad you miss out. Like Kevin it, Conroy showing because up. Because it had, like, the comedic... Oh, my God, it was funny. It was, yeah. it was it was lighthearted. But and you had inside jokes. Uh, endless like, amounts yeah. of inside jokes. My favorite one of all time, of course, is when Kevin Conroy shows up as the Batman of Zer and R, which in and of itself is a hilarious inside joke. So the fact that Diedrich Bader has crossed universes into Harley Quinn, it's so great. Cannot say enough good things. All right, that is a lot of news. That was 15 whole minutes of banter. Good for us. High five on the banter. You didn't even touch my hand. Oh, God. All right, Ella Strange, you had a modest The Read Pile this week. Did I? It's modest. I, mean, I would say it's modest. First of all, one of those books doesn't count one's, because it's two of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I modest. Five. Modest. Five. modest. Nice. 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 Like nice. an average. An, an average. I've, I've, I've seen much less and much more. <laughs> That's true. All right, Al, what do we got to start with? All right, so this is in no particular order because there are so maybe good ones. I'm going to go off the vibe of my review. The vibes, eh? Right. I really am disappointed that my logo here keeps shrinking every time I like, I, I got to like get good oh. posture because every time I look at the camera, I see like sad pool. Like, look at sad, it's sad pool. It's sad pool. It's sad pool. It's sad pool. All right, go ahead. All right. Forcing good posture. First up. First up, we have 8 Billion Genies Issue 2. Two 8 Billion Genies Issue 2. Speaking of, I guess I got two. One was a mistake. There's an error issue. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the actual release date is this week. Yes. But That's we, what it said online. We received a copy like two weeks ago, and apparently the copy we received is an error. Like, yeah. And we have no idea what the error is, so if you happen to know, let us know. <laughs> Because you searched through this, right? You couldn't find it. Well, I didn't go word by word or anything like that. I, I went for the things that kind you of thought, would that be thought were a little off. Right. After I read it. Um, speaking of, you open up the, the book and it first says that it's the first eight hours. Yes. Uh, and so you think that you are going to be jumping to that point in time. But... And the reality... Oh! Ha! The huh. error was that the printing was too dark. Somebody gave us a heads up. Thank ah, you. I didn't see your name, you. whoever uh, sent that in, but thank you. If you want to you say your name, I will be happy to say your, ha your, your hashtags. Well, I read it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was hoping it would be something you, funny. Ah! Oh. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing. It's because you open up to there and it says eight hours, uh, and then you have this, this story about a family... In Argentina, yes, uh, and it, it's it's kind of cute too because it's about a father and the children getting these wishes and him having to take control of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> it, no more wishing your sister's head to explode. Yeah, you to see like what one of the kids decided to do. Already. He's like, no, no, not anymore. He's like, wait, everybody, even the kids. <laughs> oh, I can see it now. You see how dark that is compared to that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, 
go back to the tavern, and it says nine minutes. But I, I thought everything was supposed to be eight. Eight billion it, genies, eight but, weeks. But that, see, that's what I thought. When yeah. somebody said a mistake, I was thinking, oh, oh maybe yeah. that was off. Maybe because yeah. to me, I feel like I got kind of stuck in, in the eights. expecting it because of the first issue. Yeah. Eights, 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 and everything. And then even the very first one says eight, you know. And then to jump to that, which also, I'm not... Also, I'm not terribly upset because, to be realistic, it's not like you're going to, you know, move. you probably don't well, want to jump too forward if, if in I, your story with the tavern. If I could, uh -huh. the eight, of course, being, if you turn it on its side, the infinity thimble, which could there be, you know, an important uh, correlation. Also, it's foreshadowing for one of my books. But again, it's, it's the eight, it's, it's, it's infinity, Maybe. it's also Maybe. goggles. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> the anyway. coffee is strong this morning. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we do get to see how a lot of the individuals that are in the tavern they are starting to you know talk to the genies. They're just, they're finding out a little bit more about why you know there's only one wish. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and why you know, the reasoning to, behind how they're they're deciding about wishes and things like that. Has anyone uh, wished to know where they came from? No, but they do. They do. The genies do bring up how you know. Oh well, I can't answer that for you, but you could wish for it to know. Ah, you know the answer. So they kind of like are uh, trying to yeah, trick them a little bit. Hey, you could wish to know that knowledge. <laughs> oh, I wish uh, Rick Sanchez. But one really good, uh, like one interesting thing is you would think. Okay, so what about if somebody wanted to take total control of the world? Yes. Guess what? Not everybody, not not just one person made that wish. Right. There's a billion be, of them. Yes, there's going to be a lot of people that make the wish. Guess what? It cancels everything out. Ah. <laughs> so, yes, a little bit of a spoiler there, but you, I'm not telling you the whole story. No, I understand. You know, but you're you're seeing things like that, I, I, you know, and I want you to know that you are seeing a lot of different situations types of wishes, kind of the rules behind that, uh, and even like rules that they basically have to make up on the spot depending on the situation. Uh, so Very freeform anthology series. Yeah. From a train. And <laughs> so <laughs> you, you definitely get a lot more answers to a lot of the questions that you most likely had in the first issue. And of course there's only eight issues. Yeah, so this is gonna have this is gonna speed up. I mean, especially if we are getting to the eight hours, and then we're gonna yeah. get to eight days, and then we're gonna get you know, if, years, if we are yeah. gonna continue in that fashion, it, it's going to go quickly. The one thing I did find most intriguing about this is on the first page, aside from the very beautiful ice cream cone Earth, which Ryan Brown does amazing art in this entire book, um, the human population, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. each human got one genie. And every time the, the human makes a wish, the genie goes away, right? Right. So we are one issue into this. So we are issue two. And we've already had roughly one billion wishes. Intriguing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll have to, um, we'll have to, like, probably keep track. Like, I should probably keep better track of that, kind of comparing each time uh, yeah, it has yeah, those yeah. things, how like the human population yeah. to the number of genies. And then how, many, how, how much the human population like, is shifting? Yeah, exactly. I was thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, it was one for each person. And but there's only 7.2 billion yeah. people left. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, what else you got yeah. for us, So, 
pretty excited about where yes. the story's going. Plus, it's going to be a TV show, and our copies are going to be worth bajillions. And I don't know. Is it going to be... Hundreds of billions. Is it going to be an animated? It's going to be ten billion dollars in comics. I wouldn't be surprised if it's animated, because if it is going to be animated, I think they'd be able to do a lot more. Oh, look at Invincible. What else you got? All right, next up. Pentagram of Horror, issue two of five, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? It is. And this is... Five stars. As a reminder, this is an five anthology. Stars. Yes, so yes. It, it's Each issue is its own separate. Each issue is a whole yeah. story uh, in here. Um, and I just... Oh, I really like how it keeps things... Um, Creepy. Very dark and creepy in here because uh, it is actually the same person as created, written, and illustrated. Yeah, Marco Fontanelli. We talked uh -huh. about that. How um, in the horror genre you get lucky sometimes, and you'll have the writer artist. Uh, we have the same way with Tales of Techno Horror, which we're anxiously a anticipating issue two, and we've been waiting for that for some time. Mm -hmm. um, and those were all written and drawn by the same team. But this is not even the same team. This is the same person. This is one person doing all of this. Yeah. Uh, and you can see how, well, let me just tell you about this story a little bit. You can, and I'll kind of explain what I'm going to say about the artwork. Uh, there's basically a, a man has lost, uh, he just, he's, he's lost and he's desperate um, because he just doesn't understand the world and how much hurt and just horror there is in the world. And it, it's just not getting any better. Right. Uh, and he is willing to just give his all to just bring something better to make you know things even mm -hmm. uh, and from what I gather he, he gives himself to some type of demon or, right uh, and it, which is basically hate uh, and you can see what I was going to say in the artwork wow. is in the beginning yeah this guy is in a church he's trying to confess his sins right for what he's about to do right uh, and 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 can see where it's all very it's dark but there's blue in the background so uh some hope yeah you're right. you're, you're just yeah you're, you're seeing that but he quickly turns to anger towards the priest uh and then you go in uh to where now you have more red you can still see where he's got a little bit of blue yeah but you can see eventually his, eye, yeah, his eyes goes, change yeah everything turns to red uh, yep and then, the, like, one of my favorite little tropes in comics is, like, the entire blacked-out pages where it's just writing. It's yeah. always, oh, man. And, you get, and I loved how there was, like, two pages of it. Yeah. So it just kind of extended a little bit yeah. more. But this is my favorite. Yeah, it's right a beautiful here. image. Horrifying. Yes. Absolutely horrifying. My favorite, of course, would be this one. Very, very mist-like at the end here with the giant creature yeah. lording over the city. Um, I love the idea of might as well just... Do, you know, tear it all down, forget it, start over. I don't know where he got, where, where Marcelo got the idea that we might just, or Marco got the idea to just tear it all down and start all over, and maybe we'll just be better. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if he's like, you know, we just know. tear down, start anew. And that's basically what he is doing by giving himself up and becoming this, this creature. Mystian. Can I say that? Can I say Mistian? Is that a thing? Maybe. Oh. Like Lovecraftian? My next one. Oh, yes, here's it. We here at the Reed Pile... Oh, you know what? I'm going to cover this up. We here at the Reed Pile have certain pillars uh, that we 
always want to make reference to. We have three pillars of the reed pile for now. Uh, and those pillars are the mayor of Halloween Town, Cullen Bunn, the clock king, Tom King, who always messes with time, and everyone dies, Taylor or Tom Taylor. So this week, L, who do you have on your the reed pile? I have. There you go. <laughs> Batman Catwoman. Written by Tom King. Tom King. Ding. Ding. There you go. This uh, is issue twelve of twelve. It is the last one. It's over. Everything is wrapped up. Yes. <laughs> the timelines have all come to coincide. I love the art, by the way. We get to see all of the variations of Batman and Catwoman. Beautiful wraparound cover. All it's the Bat perfect. Cats. We're wrapping up about their life together. Yes. So. Like the last episode of Futurama with uh, Fry and Leela. Huh. Okay. Uh, so you get to see Selena be able to talk to Helena uh, and, and kind of hash things out. Uh, Selena allows her daughter the opportunity to turn her in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, basically saying, are you going to be like your father or not? Yeah. Which is, your father would. You're right. <laughs> uh, but uh, he he I don't know. I, not he, I don't know. Uh, you get to see her, basically wrap that up is what I'm going to say. Uh, but you also get to see the big wedding. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, do they, you know, this answers if they're going to, if they do get married or not. I always assumed they were. I never had any doubt. Yes. But how they get married is absolutely wonderful. Yes. It's comedic. Uh, it's touching. It, it has such deep meaning for them. And... It, you know, you get to see those that do attend uh, and how meaningful that is yeah. as well. So it was definitely a very touching, loving ending to the story. Uh, and uh, being able to see, you know, their past uh, and also the future of where Selena is uh, and how she's dealt with things afterwards. So it's. It was definitely a rocky ride, but I enjoyed it. So, a couple of things. Now, you didn't read Tom King's Batman uh, Rebirth run. Mm -hmm. the, first the first 75 issues of Batman Rebirth are Tom King's run. It is incredible. Mm -hmm. And uh, much in the same way that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo uh, wrapped up their Batman New 52 run with Batman Last Night on Earth, this is seemingly the last time Tom King will write a Batman story that we know of. And, of course, I could be very very wrong on this and I'm happy to be wrong about it if that's true but there's a lot of imagery and similarities between this last issue of this miniseries which of course is a black label miniseries so it takes place whenever and never mm -hmm. with Tom King's run on Batman which I was really excited to see that we, we went full into the Batcat storyline one more time we even get to see um, Selina in her wedding dress which of course is the cover of Batman issue 50 which the wedding in that continuity never happened, but she's wearing a variation of that dress in, in the wedding issue here. Mm -hmm. And I also love the fact, and, and I know you weren't were really ready for this issue to be what it was, you were maybe expecting something else when you were talking to me about it when you were reading it, but I had a feeling going in that I already knew what issue 12 was going to be, because this is what Tom King does. Mm -hmm. 
he gets you all you know jazzed up and then the last issue is this beautiful like end of the story where you go through all these different timelines and all this different stuff happen and in the end you already had all the answers you just didn't know you had them and now here's this this last little detail I'm I'm excited to see that you read finished this and I hope you enjoyed it I did um, it is Tom King is such a great writer but I must say that Clayman's art was probably the MVP of the series for me if I'm very honest I just want to give one image away something I can't stop looking at it is so beautiful and so incredibly well drawn and it's this image of Batman or Bruce and Selina um, as they're just sort of embracing and then you can see their alter egos behind them so gorgeous anything more to say about that now that I'm going to shut up <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I would probably write this in the same thing. But, yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Alright, you got other books? Yep, moving on. Moving on! Uh, I don't even know where it's at. Alright. This is Sins of the Black Flamingo. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you held it, it looks like it, you can match up to your face perfectly. Look at that. No, 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 no. You gotta put it like three quarters. There you go! <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's better. That's, that's good. That's good. So tell me about Sins of the Black Flamingo, a story I know nothing about. All right. So uh, Sebastian Harlow is the Black Flamingo. Uh -huh. um, he is, he's basically, he's a thief that loves attention. Oh. And oh. so tell he even her. jokes about it. He, he jokes about how... Um, you know, he, he knows, you know, it's not a good thing for a thief to want attention. Uh, so he has certain things that he does to basically get that attention. Uh, he wears this mask that, you know, uh, multi-purpose for it. Yes, it's very bedazzled and he loves it. It makes him kind of stand out. But it also, uh, in cameras, uh, makes it absolutely impossible for them to be able to see his face. Interesting. So... Uh, and also, uh, he does have his little calling card, his little black flamingo that he likes to leave behind. And he makes reference to it about how, you know, he knows one day maybe somebody will catch him. But right. then he goes into this whole story about how, oh, but maybe I'll someday have somebody that, you know, I you know, have one of these back and forths with somebody where they're always trying to catch me and they just can't quite catch me. Then they finally will. And I'll just say, look, you found all the clues and you finally caught me. I knew you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he just has this whole like imaginary you know thing in his head and you and I was ready to accept that story as it was mm -hmm. and I loved it but there's more oh there's actually a huge mystical kind of side to it because that's what he likes to steal the most are these mystical artifacts interesting from collectors yeah. uh in this issue and I I'm assuming this will probably go on because this is a short series right uh, he's in Florida and he's stealing from Nazis as you do <laughs> uh, but he actually comes across uh, there is a piece of paper that he finds about a collar that can actually control a demon he finds out more about this. Yeah. He finds out who has it. He finds out who's wearing it. Yes. <laughs> uh, we don't know a lot. Uh, it's towards the end. Yeah. So, you know, but we'll definitely find out more. Uh, 
I'm hoping. Okay, okay. <laughs> Five issue mini, one tends yeah, to imagine. I, I think we're going to get some answers yeah, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the idea that I went into this story and I was like, this is cool. <clears throat> it's just like a thief. You know, and he, he's great. He's got all these one-liners. He's imaginary. He just has this whole story about finding, like, a, a duo, you know. To, yeah. And I just... And then it just goes mystical to the point that he actually sees... He has these images that he sees around him at times. So there are, there are layers of things that we got to take care of in this story. It's a... I mean, I... Layer cake. Layer cake. I, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then finally, and of course you haven't made your pick of the week yet. I have not. So we don't know. Could be t- Sins of the Black Flamingo. Could be uh, 8 Billion Genies. Could be Batman Catwoman issue 12. 12. And there's also the Nazi List issue 3. Oh, man. I, I'm still loving this. <laughs> uh, Christmas yeah. in July. So, to give you another idea as far as the things that you learn about Santa. Yes. (laughs) So, just to remind you, uh, this guy was cursed a long time ago. (laughs) Cursed. To basically have to make toys for children. (laughs) Uh, And this basically turned into him being Santa and so on and so forth. And that you start to learn all these things. Um, about Santa that we've kind of made up over the years and he's like this was all garbage this wasn't ever true this is not what happened I never wore that you know things like that right you even find out uh, what happened to a kid uh, that was awake and actually saw him because in reality nobody's ever nobody ever sees him and if they do see him they're lying because the only kid that did see him, apparently, they just chloroformed him. Oh, God. <laughs> Shh. I started doing that to a lot of my, a lot of my opponents in jiu-jitsu. I'll grab him behind the head and go, Shh. I'm just like, and, he's, and his, his reaction was, I gave her an extra slinky, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Rolls downstairs, comes over and appears. So the naughty list. But, yes. yeah, you're... You, you do get to find out more, though, about this whole him trying to find his naughty list because it has been stolen, uh, and that's what he has been trying to do this whole time is to find out who has it. We are now finding out more about uh, a person. I'm going to say the name wrong. I don't know this. Rochambeau? Rochambeau. 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 Okay. Rochambeau. Uh, and Rochambeau. Shoot. <laughs> And he is actually half human, half troll. Oh. Trolls are real. You know what? If we got Santa, we might as well have trolls. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for a way around that, but yeah, screw it. Trolls. All right, trolls. And so, <clears throat> uh, Rochambeau uh, was shunned. You know, could not be accepted by humans or by trolls uh, and goes to work for him in the toy shop. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he was very damaged from all of this, uh, and it just was not a very good person, but worked very well on the naughty list. So he was in charge of putting the coal into the stockings and things like that, and he was, he was cool with it. He's like, this is, this is something I can enjoy doing. Um, but apparently, 
it's turned into much more. Yeah. So that's where we're at now, uh, and I, I, the the more and more you get to learn about the world of Santa and what the reality is in this this series is amazing. Um, it's definitely in the top of my list, but I'm gonna have to say my pick of. No, no way! No way! All right, go ahead. My pick of the week. Sins of the Black Flamingo somehow beats out the final issue of Batman Catwoman. I am shocked. I, I can tell. I can tell. Alright, well, thank you for that read pile, El Lestrange. It sounds like you greatly enjoyed, and there was lots of uh, flamboyance in this week's uh, pile. On to my read pile. Now, friends, it was a very big day here at the read pile. When we originally set up the read pile, the read pile had one pillar. Just one. Technically two, but Christopher Daniels doesn't talk to us anymore. He's a big wrestling star again. One pillar of the read pile. And that pillar was the original Reed Pile pillar, Gail Simone. Now, since that time, um, Reed Pile went away, we came back, we're now live instead of recorded, and we didn't have any Gail Simone books. There's been occasional mentions of Gail Simone, whom we adore, and is a friend of ours, and she had a story in uh, Tales of the Dark Multiverse, I believe, where we introduced Black Arrow, who was like the daughter of Green Arrow and Black Canary, and that was some time ago. But we finally have it. It is back. She's back. Gail Simone is back on the read pile, and issue one of Variance is here. And she is, once again, one of the pillars of the read pile. And remember, a pillar of the read pile is somebody who we sort of read one book of every single week. It started out as a joke. It is the God's honest truth now. And we have Variance. This is really good. So Variance, and of course I got the Scotty Young variant cover of variants and i have to read it here you won't be able to see it in the camera but scotty young has drawn himself to be a man with a hat and a beard and very little else and he is talking to jessica jones and he says so you want me to do one of my variants and jessica says yes and he says of you and your variants correct and the title of the book is variants and she says yep if you give me a minute i'm sure you can find a shark to jump over too Variance is right up my alley. Aside from it being a Gail Simone comic, it's a comic about a character I know a little of in Marvel, not a lot. And Lauren and I love picking up books about characters that we're not really certain of um, and learning more about them. Now, I did follow um, uh, Brian Michael Bendis' run on, um, what was it called when it was his book? I, not Identity. Oh, no. I have the issues. Oh, my goodness. Oh, his run on what would ultimately become Jessica Jones was the original Marvel Max comic, which you may not know. There was a time period where Marvel had an adults-only section called Marvel Max, and her book was the very first book to be released. I, I, it's not Identity. It's I, like It sounds like Identity. Damn it. Anyway. I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> her book was the first book to be released. The first word, when you open Marvel Max, issue one of that comic, is just fuck. And it's written, in, it's, not, it's not crossed out or anything. And I always will remember that for as long as I live. So, Gail coming back to do Variants, which is a Jessica Jones story, made my heart sing just from what I heard about it. Of course, we talked about it on the read pile when it was announced. The issue in and of itself is very, very, very screwed up. We're getting right into the teeth of it. Jessica Jones is um, trying to just do her normal PI stuff. She's dealing with the fact that she's married to Luke Cage. 
whom she adores, but she knows she feels she's still not good enough for him. Even at this point in her life, she doesn't think she's good enough for a guy as pure and as wonderful as as Luke Cage is. Um, she's still doing her PI work, and then ultimately she's kind of losing her mind. Hmm. Um, what we find out is that the Purple Man, who is in a coma, presumably dead, uh, of course the person who mind controlled her and made her do all these terrible things, may have laid like a mind control bomb in her head. Because another person who was mind controlled before her randomly woke up one day and just killed her family. And she's telling the judge, listen judge, because it's, it's a hearing about this woman who murdered her whole family, like you can't hold me accountable, it was, uh, it was the purple man, it was uh, Kilgrave, he was the one who mind controlled me, and he, I woke up one day and I killed my family and I can't be held accountable for that. And the judge basically was like, uh, mind control, sure. But Jessica Jones knows that that's legit and that's probably going to happen to her. And then everything goes to shit. And at, the end, <laughs> and at the end of the issue, we get right into it. There are three Jessica Joneses. Not one, not two, three Jessica Joneses. And we get our first ever appearance of Cap Jones or Capsica or Captain Jones, Captain Jessica. I don't know. However you want to refer to it. But I am already just sort of like, what in the blue hell is going on here? I need more of this. It gets the honorary top pile position. Not quite my pick of the week, because my pick of the week is, well, it was, it was a given. If you know me, you know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. My pick of the week is really obvious. But this was great. Welcome back, uh, Gail Simone. I am super elated. More please. More please and thank you. Moving on. Task Force Z. Okay, this is great. I'm ready to keep. I'm ready to keep the party going here. Who's who joined us? Okay, I'm ready to get the party going here. And Task Force Z sort of. I feel like Matthew Rosenberg felt like the story needed like an injection of something insane. And I'm reading the issue, and I'm like, all right, so you know, Jason's doing his best to try and like keep these zombie villains from killing each other. And there's a really good fight scene inside, and we get some funny stuff with him and Spoiler. And Jason, uh, spoilers like, Jason, I thought you were tougher than most everyone. How come you're all bashed to shit and back? And Jason's like, well, Cassandra was there, making reference to, you know, Batgirl. Uh, Your my, favorite? My favorite. The real Batgirl, the truest Batgirl, outside of Barbara Gordon, of course. Uh, and Cassandra was there and beat the piss out of him. And spoiler hears that Cassandra was there and she goes, oh yeah, that'll happen. So everyone just knows that, like, if Cassandra shows up, you fucked. <laughs> And Jason is no exception. But to me, the story was kind of getting a little long in the tooth. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this is fun. This is exciting. But where is this leading to? Where are we even going with this? And in this issue, we get a whole lot more. Apparently, Bloom is perfected his uh, Lazarus resin. We get to see a fully resurrected man bat now back in his Dr. Lantham form without any weirdness or any bizarreness. We get a very big death scene in here that uh, helps fuel the fire. And then ultimately, we get up with, we end up with a flying zombie overpowered Bane. So, Superbane. Because that's what we needed. We needed Super Zombie Bane. Yeah, that that was not? important. Why not? Why not? Fuck it. Super Zombie Bane. Okay, yes. I, uh, the moment that I started <laughs> wavering on Task Force Z, and like, whoa, 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 don't go anywhere. Super Zombie Bane. Go on. Tell me more. Well, you'll have to read the next issue. You're right, I will. 
You're right, I will. Yeah, I will. I, and I will read the next issue. So, ultimately, uh, issue nine, I felt like we were getting maybe close to the end of the story. And I think we still are. But, obviously, something is coming to a head. Now, here's the weird part about Task Force Z more than anything is, I don't know how much longer Jason can really maintain this level. And also, when we're introducing the idea of, you know, people just being resurrected... Uh, it can get really boring, but then they mention how there's some real death and how even with the resin, you can still die. So there's lots more on the table here. Interested to see where it goes. But if you want to read Task Force Z, I think the icing on the cake is Super Zombie Bane. Super Zombie Bane. And that's fun to say. Like maybe baby. Maybe baby. Super Zombie Bane. <laughs> Moving on. Harley Quinn... This is issue 16. I, I'd forgotten it's been 16 issues of Harley Quinn. Like, Just flying by. Yeah, it really is. So this is, I think, the second to the last issue of uh, Riley Rossmo's run. I believe uh, he's ending his art at 17 or 18. I can't remember. It was announced. Artists sometimes leave books. Of course, I love this book. Initially, I was reading it for Riley Rossmo's art, no argument, but we became big Steph Phillips fans. I've really gotten into her writing. I love her bringing in new characters. And this is the origin of Verdict. And it's not just the origin of Verdict, but it's also, for those of you who watch Batman the Animated Series, a retelling of the initial Harley Quinn uh, introduction. And we get to see a Batman the Animated Series-esque version drawn by Riley Rossmo. And I think nice. that, that's just really cool. You can see Batman the, anime, the uh, animated series Batman, Harley Quinn from Batman the animated series. We get the origin of Verdict, where she came from, why she is so uh, angry at Harley Quinn. And to be very honest, the best villains are people who think they're not villainous. And Verdict has the best case to make. She is so furious at what is happening in, in Gotham, how... They capture Harley Quinn. They put her in a paddy wagon. And without even getting to Arkham, she's already broken back out because the Joker paid somebody off. <laughs> and that led to the death of her partner. Because Harley broke out, killed everybody, and she just happened to survive. And that is how we originally met Harley Quinn. She was female Joker. She was just as insane. She was just as murderous and just as rampageous. But that is not <clears throat> the Harley Quinn that we know today. Who's gotten help. Who's gotten away from Joker. Who's fixed her mind in a way that she is not such a murderous rampage at all times. She's not the living embodiment of death like Joker is. Yeah, so this covers a lot. It does. It, it is a story. great it is a great cover and it also says a lot if you've been reading it because you're not sure if maybe that's Verdict in her Harley Quinn mask or if this is really Harley like Quinn. old Harley yeah. Quinn. And what you're seeing is Verdict can only see the old Harley Quinn. Not only does she not care that Harley has changed and become a good guy, she is not interested. Because Harley never got held accountable. Harley killed hundreds of people. And that's canonical. She yeah, was she like, murdered. Yeah, you, you lots. might want to be a good guy now, but, but you, you did a lot. <laughs> right. And she even goes into, and this is why I love Steph Phillips writing so much, is she even goes into the fact like, what are we gonna do? We're just gonna lock her up again so that Batman can feel better about himself? We need to put her down. Just like we need to put down all these other monsters. And it is it is that time. Like, we always sort of, I don't know, once every couple of years, a writer bubbles up and just sort of looks around and goes, are we seriously just letting these villains just murder? And, and to quote the incredible Batman Under the Red Hood comic and movie, the, that the cemeteries that these people have filled. 
And Batman's response is, well, I can't kill them. At some point, that stops being an answer, right? Yeah. So Verdict is like, no, fuck it. I'm killing Harley Quinn once and for all. And again, when you read the book, you're like, yeah, okay. It's hard not to agree. Like, you know who Harley is now, and she's redeemed herself, but to people that she's destroyed the lives of, how could she ever redeem her? What, is she going to go up to and be like, you gotta understand, I was under the mind control of Mr. Nobody gives a shit, you Jersey weirdo, nobody cares. Like, I appreciate how well-written Verdict is. Not quite my pick of the week, but up there. And now for something completely different. Berserker issue nine. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Is that your whole review? <laughs> uh, kinda. Here, open it up. Start flipping through it. Um, in issue eight, we know that B was sort of placed in this weird, like, vault kind of thing where he was allowed to go full berserker, and they were going to measure the amount of power that he'd keep going each page, the amount of power that he was resonating, and then he sort of, like, slipped from reality and, like, went to this alternate plane of existence where he may or may not have met God or may or may not have become God. In this issue, he comes back to our reality as an egg, um, I think, and um, the person who was trying to help him this whole time may have absorbed his whole power set, and now she's the berserker? I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. I truly don't know. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I'm just, my mind is completely blown at this point. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how many more issues this is going to be. I just know that I cannot wait for this to be a movie because I feel like that might make more sense. This might be one of the books where I need to go back, put the entire stack on top of itself, and read it page after page after page after page because this might be that kind of book. A lot going on in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it never stops moving, right? Like, there was no time to catch your breath. It was just panel, panel, panel. panel, 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 panel. Almost no dialogue whatsoever. I really like Berserker, but I am wondering where we're going with this. Uh, well well drawn, for sure. Uh, the story has been insane. Watching B go full, crazy Berserker and just tear entire buildings apart is fucking awesome. But um, also, what's happening? What is happening? <laughs> Loved it. Okay. Almost my pick of the week. Even with the book that is my pick of the week. The Excellent Issue 4. The Excellent, of course, is going to fly under the radar of lots of people because it's a very bizarre book. It's from uh, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred, who, of course, did The Ecstatics, and that was the rebo reboot of X-Force when they did X-Force. I've loved everything about this. Now, what's interesting about excellent more than anything though is that the main character zeitgeist who was the main character of the very first issue of the x-force run that these two got started on and is killed in that issue or presumably killed he's been resurrected he's you know he's sort of got like he's got like a excuse me he's got like a, a metal belly because his belly was exploded so all this is like cybernetic sort of like how uh uh what's his face is uh uh the red with the red double lightsaber what is his name in the he's in the Phantom Menace. His brother's name is Savage Opress. Anyway, so Zeitgeist, when I read this book and I watch the boys, Zeitgeist is a better Homelander. Like, he has the same mentality as Homelander, where he will do anything for, for stardom. Okay. 
Okay. Homelander wants, you know, if you're, if you're watching The Boys, the version of The Boys, Homelander, by the incomparably amazing Anthony Starr, he wants to be beloved. He wants power and beloved. Zeitgeist knows that with followers comes power. And he just, he's such a sociopath. And he's so good at being a sociopath. And he knows how to manipulate and how to destroy people mentally. And it is awesome. It's just, it's a better version of what's happening in The Boys. And it's happening in this little comic called The Excellent. And I can't explain it better than that, other than Zeitgeist is just a better Homelander. And there may be people who read this book who understand what I mean by that. And there's going to be lots and lots of people who have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's fine. Do you feel like you appreciate his character more because you have read The Boys? Do you feel well, like no, you because have the, Homelander, the Homelander like... in the comic uh-huh. is not the Homelander on the show. Oh, so you're talking about in the show? Uh, yes, 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 oh, yes, 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 yes. okay. I thought Which maybe, is why this maybe is, even no, no, no. in the comic. No, no, this is why this is happening. Like, the fact that this is happening as the show is getting more and more popular... I feel is almost a disservice to how cool this book is. Like, you feel like it's going to get buried. Exactly. Well, I know it's going to get buried. It's a very small print run book. It's only available to people who know about the excellent. But... Well, with this issue in particular, it's yeah. number four. It is number it? four. It's, it's a number four. Oh, it's a number four. And and what we see more than anything is Mr. Sensitive, Guy, uh, the leader of the uh, ecstatics, basically uh, comes to the understanding that he's the old man in the room now. Because two of the members of the ecstatics are actually kids of two of the previous members of the Ecstatics. Mm. And one, and both of them are dead, so he uses his friend Dead Girl to go contact You Go Girl, who is dead. And she's like, look, dude, I've been dead for a long time. You're asking me for parental advice about my daughter, who I didn't even know. Let them be them. That's the best I can tell you. In the Deadlands, we've been watching you guys. You, you need to be more worried about what's going on with Zeitgeist, more than you need to worry about whether or not my daughter is dating somebody you approve of. You're not her father. And you get to watch sort of Guy just sort of go, right, 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 right. And Guy is such a relatable character for being essentially a human-ant hybrid. But he is very, like, he's not a great leader. He's trying, like I said, he's a, he looks like a human-ant hybrid. Huh. Also, big ups to continuing the Doctor Strange crossover. Remember how there was an issue with Doctor Strange? And so even Dr. Strange is like, yeah, something happened to the book of Vishanti. And I'm like, I know what the book of Vishanti is now because I've seen that movie. I really, really, really love The Excellent. I hope more people read it. I don't think they're going to because it's not a big print run book. But for me, this is one of those like diamond in the rough gem books where when you find it and you latch onto it, you're going to adore it forever. I promise you. Not my pick of the week. Hmm. So this but. one was close. Very close. If I'm honest, no, no. nothing nothing is going to be my pick of the week. As much as I love my read pile. Great books on my read pile. (sighs) We here at the read pile have four pillars of the read pile, each of whom we tend to read at least one comic of theirs every single week. This started out as a joke, but has now become a reality. My pick of the week this week, for the final time, is Tom Taylor and Daniel Daniel, I'm sorry, Daniel, I can't, wait, shit, I forgot a whole book. Oh, damn it. I jumped ahead. All right, DC vs. Vampires is really good. God damn it. Uh, this is a one-shot DC vs. Vampires killer. Uh, I'm proper A proper uh, 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 review is that it was going to be my pick of the week if, the, if Seven Secrets 
number 18 didn't exist. This is really cool. It's a one-shot, and it's Harley Quinn. Now tell me this, though. Uh, do you feel like somebody could read this separately before going yes. back and reading the series? Absolutely. It's totally separate. It's totally separate. It does a great job. It's why it was nearly my pick of the week. Please stop eating that sticker. Real quick, uh, it is a Harley Quinn one-shot uh, based in the uh, DC versus Vampires universe. The DC versus Vampires universe by Matthew Rosenberg has been nothing but great. I completely botched the ending here, but this is a really fantastic issue, and Harley Quinn is going to become the hero of the day, I promise. Seven Secrets number 18, the last issue. By Tom Taylor. Thank you. So, to, with apologies to DC versus Vampires. Uh, yes. This is the last issue. Mm. All the secrets are answered. Nothing is left behind. It, it is still drawn in that same amazing anime style that I fell in love with in issue one where everything moves I reread this book already twice just because I wanted to it still moves too fast like it's still one of these books where I just still I poured through it even with the giant revelations of what the seven secrets really were all along and how there's eight secrets now but even with all of that, it still reads so beautifully well. And what's really amazing about this book is that I never forgot the previous issue. With monthly comics, sometimes you forget what the last issue was, right? Yeah, I have, like, I'll have to go back and read at least, like, the last few pages. Yeah. Or at least see, like, where did we leave off last time? Okay. So this is the end of Seven Secrets. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're in the know, it's probably the end of Tom Taylor's run on books that are not exclusively DC, which for me, that's that's fine. I don't care. I love that Tom Taylor writes DC comics. That's fantastic. But there is a little bit more sadness with that in that we're probably not... Uh, I think he might have one or two more books out there still now that I think about it that I'm not reading. Um, but this is this is it. Like We know that he signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics. I don't know what's in the contract. I don't know if he's going to be still working on books outside of DC continuity. But this was so good... Casper's story was so great. Um, starting the book with the death of Casper and letting him know that I'm going to die. Don't worry. Remember, that was issue one. Yeah. It's it, 18 issues doesn't feel like it's enough, but it also feels like it's per somehow this is perfect. I don't know why 18 is perfect, but it just it works. Uh, 18, if you don't know, is a, um, is a lucky number uh, in uh, Judaism. So that may have played a role. It may have played no role at all. I'm reading lots of things into it, but they do make sure that one of the secrets, uh, the one of the books of the secrets does have, I believe, let me see if it's there. Yeah. It has the the, the haf, uh, the he, which is um, a, a Hebrew letter. There's also Greek letters, so maybe I'm just reading way too much into things, but that's sort of the beauty of a really great comic is you do read too much into it, right? That's, yeah, I mean... It is, a lot it, of it yeah. is to take on your own meaning. What what and I'm ascribing really, to it, right? Oh, and then you even like kind of picking things apart a little bit. Like, did that thing in the background mean something? Did it not? Right. It, yeah, and, and, and when it's the last issue of the series, like, no, we're not going back. We're done. And you're just like, maybe there's like an Ash Candy issue you could give me, you know? <laughs> maybe a special one shot. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps there's an extra like seventy four more books. Perhaps. And so. There's going to be questions that never get answered, but they did. 
Tom Taylor, Tom King's like this too, of course we love Tom King, mm -hmm. but Tom Taylor does a really great job building a universe, locking it in, and then abiding by the rules of that universe. And Seven Secrets was such a great story, and I had no idea going into it I would love it as much as I did. And I do. So, that wraps up this week's read pile for uh, this week, uh, July the 3rd, which again, no big important day. Uh, and that is Seven Secrets, number 18, the last issue, and Sins of the Black Flamingo, issue one. How ironic. The last issue of one book and the first issue of another. I believe that's not ironic at all, but coincidental. At any rate, and again, apologies to DC vs. Vampire Killers. It's very, very good. I just fucked up my pile. Uh, we want to make sure that we give our thanks, of course, to our good friends uh, at the Space Bastards, um, Bonneville Garden, Haven for Heroes, of course, Eric Palicki and AJ Schumacher, who go out of their way, even to this day, to hang uh, out with me in virtual space on the internet and say hi. Our good friends at uh, VG Comics, Clerk and Bo, uh, and uh, our sister show, The IndieCast, which is available for download right now as part of the Wrestling Nerd Radio Network, the WNRN. For the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Ella Strange, Barbara Gordon, who keeps eating the stickers off the wall of my Pushin cat that makes me sad. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, reminding you that we will be back next week with more comics to review and more fun times to have. But until then, say goodbye, El. Bye, El. Oh, and then the people who listen to the audio only can hear me grunting as I try and sit up. And that's a bonus. <laughs>